0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, August 27th. S&P futures are trading down about nine points. That is about 25 basis points. The major European indices are trading down 30 to 60 basis points. And Asia was mixed overnight. Mainland China did well. The other markets suffered losses for the most part. Um, so very slow this morning. You know, I think markets are relatively on hold ahead of Powell at 910. I have a broader write up of Jackson Hole today. And including Powell's speech, the formal agenda for Jackson Hole hit last night. I have the link to it in the piece this morning. You know, I think the entire planet anticipates this transition to an average inflation target from a discrete one. The implication of that being the Fed will allow or tolerate an inflation overshoot of two percent for a period of time to compensate for the number of years that it's been undershooting two percent. You know, I think for today's speech specifically, um, you know, again, I think the big issues now come down to logistics and enforcement. As far as when will this actually become codified formally in Fed guidance, commentary, et cetera, um, I continue to think that today's speech will be more of an academic discussion around why such a transition in the inflation target could be helpful for the economy, why it will provide additional accommodation, et cetera. Um, I do not expect kind of a formal declaration from the Fed or Powell today of that we will do this Um you know, going forward, you know, like again, I think it's going to be more of an academic discussion. You have the meeting coming up on September sixteenth. I don't think Powell would want to front run that meeting and speak uh, or or appear to be speaking on behalf of his colleagues. There has been some chatter that there could be a surprise today. The Fed has this this long run goals and monetary policy strategy statement that it has not refreshed in a couple of years. That presumably would need to be refreshed to codify this inflation adjustment. Again, I do not think that you will see that change actually happen today. I think today was more of an academic discussion. And again, going forward, the big, the big, the big, uh, you know, the the big area of discussion is going to be how the Fed enforces this this change. So it's going to be one thing just to say we're now going to target an average inflation of two percent. But the market, you have to then convince the markets that you're going to able that you're going to be able to achieve that, especially given that you have not been able to hit two percent. Um, on a consistent basis for several years. So, um, you know, if I it, at this point in time, I think it's going to be probably an anticlimactic speech, not not really negative necessarily. Like I said, the Fed is going to be very dovish, going to continue to be very dovish going forward. September sixteenth is still going to be a big event. Um, I just don't think this will be kind of a shock and awe type of a, a, a speech. Um, but obviously, that's dominating everything. You know, markets seem very quiet today ahead of that speech at nine ten a.m. Um, just quickly going through other catalysts before I go through the news this morning. Um, The jobless claims today, 30 will be important as well, and then Trump will deliver his formal acceptance speech tonight at the RNC. That should be largely irrelevant for markets. On the earnings front, you have Dollar General, Dollar Tree before the open, and then after the close, you have a bunch of earnings, Dell Gap, HP, uh, VMware, Workday are the big ones. So just kind of circling back and looking at news for this morning, very, very quiet as far as incremental headlines. on the eco data front, you had a couple of number, one number out of Europe, one number out of China. Neither are really particularly important. The Bank of Korea decision was largely in line with expectations. For earnings, uh, last night again mostly smaller companies. Nothing that should be terribly incremental. You did have Splunk, which is kind of a you know a member of the momentum software community. Not nearly as important as Salesforce, but certainly a relatively prominent company. The Splunk quarter was not. Bad, But it certainly was not like uh, what CRM put up. And if anything, I think Splunk's management was definitely more cautious than what we've been hearing from some other companies, especially in that momentum cohort. Um, just talking about how they struggled to close deals at the end of the quarter. Um, and there's certainly some hesitation in the environment. Um, and even pushing back, um, you know, the Splunk CEO gave an interview to Bloomberg I thought was very interesting where he said the market seems to be convinced of a V-shaped recovery, um, but he definitely does not see that. And this is a, a, a person, again, talking about a product that, um, you know, is certainly being, uh, it certainly has much better demand, a much better demand profile than many others in the current economy. Um, so that could, you know, create some hiccups for that momentum community, which obviously exploded higher yesterday in trading. Um, But again, none of the earnings last night were really kind of um, narrative shifting. In Europe this morning, WPP, the ad agency giant, um, formally reported earnings. I think the bigger news was that it's reinstating its dividend. This is kind of one of the first big UK companies to do so after suspending it for COVID, uh, made encouraging remarks about business improving in the month of July. So that stock is leading in Europe. On the flip side, Rolls-Royce is among the weakest stocks in Europe. So obviously Rolls-Royce a huge engine engine supplier, big exposure to commercial the commercial aerospace and market. Um, you know relatively gloomy on on the outlook for that market as anyone should expect. They do not see their engine deliveries returning to two thousand and nineteen like levels until around twenty twenty five. Um, And they also talked about how if the environment were to be any worse than their base case assumption, they would have to go seek incremental um, sources of liquidity. So, um, you know, obviously no one expected a real bright message out of Rolls Royce, but, um, you know, the commentary is certainly gloomy and that um, presumably should feed into aerospace names in the U.S. as well later today. Um, on the U S fiscal stimulus front, the same as before, you know, the whole process seems to be pretty dead until after labor day, at least there's some chatter in the media again, about Republicans floating this mini deal of about $500 billion. Um, you know, Democrats did not go for that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why they would go for it now at this point in time, there are going to have to be some pretty, um, substantive fiscal conversations in September, you have obviously the bigger government budget deadline of October 1st. You have the airlines again, which are threatening to lay off tens of thousands of people on October 1st, unless they get form uh, additional assistance. The White House yesterday said that there are possible executive action solutions to the airline problem. Um, but uh, you know, I many people are struggling to see what those options can be. The executive orders that Trump already made about payroll tax suspend payroll tax collection suspension and then the FEMA funded um unemployment benefits were again kind of political theater. They're really not dispersing a lot of money, they're not having much impact on anyone. Um companies are are not um, suspending collection of the payroll tax. So it's hard to see how the airline industry would get a lot of reassurance from executive orders and avoid those layoffs absent in action from Congress. Um, and then you have, you know, you have possibly, um, you know, unfortunately, Hurricane Laura hit the coast earlier this morning. Um, that will likely cause damage that would likely, pr- um, you know, prompt the federal government to um, provide some assistance. And keep in mind too that a lot of that money initially would be coming from FEMA, and that, that money, you know, that could subtract from the money that is being paid out in the executive orders um, for unemployment benefits. So all those things are going to provide reasons for Congress to get together and discuss fiscal matters. It's just a question of whether or not they agree to a trillion dollars plus of incremental stimulus or not. Um, And that is essentially everything for the most part. The RNC again, um, just not very relevant for markets. So there's not a lot of point. There's not much point in spending time talking about all the speeches. Um, Trump tonight again. um, You know he has been saturating the media all week, so I don't see why he will have um, a message tonight that will be jarring for markets one way or the other. All that being said, you have seen the race tighten. Um, You know I think it's occurring independent of of the DNC or the RNC, but you are seeing the race tighten. So on a national level, Biden's lead is down to about seven points, um, but within the battleground states, his average lead is down to under four points. So I, you know, within the margin of error. Um, you know, I think the race is tightening for a few reasons. I think it's tightening because you have COVID numbers descend off of the July peak. Obviously I think the economic numbers have been, have been, um, relatively healthy and the, and the stock market, um, is bolstering Trump as well. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to watch as we go into September and then the first debate at the end of September. Uh, so that is everything for today. I sent around, um, the latest September market survey. So if you could please participate in that, Um, and then I'll have the results out in a few days. If you need the link to that survey, just reach out to me. And that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.